Welcome to the Creativity Reflections podcast, a podcast all about your creative expression. I'm your host, Hannah Fitzgibbon, creativity coach, and I'm here to help unblock your creativity. My guest today is Adithi. She is a graphic designer making the transition to doing her own artwork, fine artworks. She does house commissions with watercolor and has been exploring different mediums. We met a while ago when I noticed a post from Aditi saying that she was confused about what medium to choose and was feeling stressed about picking her artistic voice. This podcast goes into what it's like in those early stages, some strategies that help you overcome the comparison and inner judgment that can keep you stuck. It's such a fun, gentle conversation about the creative process hope you enjoy it. Welcome Aditi. What have you been working on lately? I've been working on so many things. I think that's one of the wonderful like advantages of being an artist because I was working on these watercolors and then suddenly I saw these gouache paintings online and I was like wow what is this medium and I mean, we're in lockdown here in London, so all I had to do was just order some paints online and uh, some brushes, and then I'm figuring it out. It's been really fun. I mean, it's a series of 15 paintings, and since we're in lockdown and we can't travel, it's based on travel memories, and I'm using my own photos and my own kind of um, inspiration for these, and um what I find interesting is, I mean, initially it was like, oh, I went to Dominican Republic, I went to Italy, I went here, I went there. But then midway through, I was like, I kind of miss home. I also miss like, you know, just going home. So I also did some paintings of home. So where my parents are is India. And so about feeling kind of a bit isolated, a bit like lockdown fatigue and kind of working through the, those um, emotions, I suppose, as well. It's kind of nice to not be have a preconceived notion about my abilities because I think with watercolors, I'm a bit more, oh, the detail is not exactly what I was thinking of in my mind. But with this new medium, I was like, it's thick. I like it. Or when I do this, this happens. And I, I randomly had like a credit card that I used to scratch some bits. And it was more um, intuitive which I really enjoyed because it went back to like the play rather than, you know, creating for a purpose. The The purpose was just to have fun. I mean, it's been great. I'm on number 13 now. So it's it's been fun. Wow. Yes. I've been looking at some of your paintings and I was wondering what medium you had been using because it was sort of like a little bit more of an acrylic feel to the play and I've been curious about gouache too, because I think you can use them quite like watercolors too, if you want to. Oh, cool. There's so much here. Let me have a think for a second. I'm curious about the intuitive feeling and how that is different from your process. And like, I feel like this early stage of finding your voice and finding what you're interested in is so cool because of the play, because of that element where you're like, okay, I've learned what I needed to learn from this, but what if I try this other thing? What is that trying to teach me? And I wonder if it's that you can't be intuitive with 
watercolor because it requires so much planning or if there's a way that you will now look at watercolor differently as a result of having done this experiment. So tell me more about the intuitive playfulness that you've been exploring. I think that's a really good idea because I have been looking at watercolors differently, just like with playing with some swashes and colors I never would have thought of using because I like kind of bright poppy colors. And I think that that's like a a theme throughout my work is like this pop of color, this bright kind of positive vibe. But I have been getting like some really nice swatches with some moody kind of deeper greens and blues and navies and blacks. And I do think it kind of is a mindset thing that's kind of slipstreamed from my like learning with gouache. And it's, it's, it's quite fascinating because I mean, all I needed because nobody said to me that watercolors has to be this way or I have to do it in a detailed way and I have to not go thick or I have to not go with harsh strokes. And I think these are some things that I told myself because of, um, I have no idea why actually. It's, it's quite um, fascinating, like the things we kind of tell ourselves or limit our, ourselves with. I do think that if I kind of just close my eyes, I look at the inspiration for maybe just a minute or two And then I'm like, okay, I know the basic structure and I don't even work with a sketch. I just kind of get started. It's really been different because I also think my mentality was not to have it sold. And I think this brought in more of a play element because with my watercolors, um, as you know, I have like this Etsy store and I'm doing some house commissions. So I feel like everything has to be frame worthy or I have to show off like a certain skill, if it's like a brick or a perspective or an angle. Whereas with this, it was like play for the sake of playing. And I think I've kind of rediscovered my my mojo and uh, it's been great. It's been so great. I think all I needed was to get out of my own head. And uh, it's pretty awesome when you kind of just not close your eyes, but just don't think about it and let your brush move. And, and and that makes me happy. Like I like the sound of like, you know, the paint on the paper. And, and I also set myself some limitations like, okay, I'm going to paint for half, half an hour. And it is what it is. That's it. Um, no redos, um, no getting angry with myself. No, um, like it's, it's an expression it's who I am. It's what I'm feeling today. And crazy enough, I do feel happy with it at the end of the day. Like, even if I'm not happy with it at that very moment, the next day I'm like, wow, I I didn't know I could paint clouds. I didn't know I could paint this. And I'm always pleasantly surprised in myself. That's so good. I want to reflect some of the things that I'm hearing that maybe you're not consciously aware of that you're doing. They become tools that you can put in your toolkit when you're feeling a little bit uninspired or when you're feeling a little bit stuck or especially when you're starting to do more and more professional work and you're feeling that, for lack of a better word, burden of the commission, like needing to get it perfect, right? So some of the things I'm hearing are a change in your language. So rather than your when you're doing frame-worthy pictures, your language is skill, perspective, brickwork, detail, And when you're talking about play, your language changes to brushstroke, sound, feeling of the paper, feeling of the flow. And 
is that not also frameworthy? Like, do people really want accuracy or do they want your voice is a really important question to ponder. Some other things I'm hearing are your constraints, which often we sort of think of constraints as limiting factors, but they you're using them in a really powerful and positive way. By creating constraints, we open up a field in which we can play creatively. It's kind of like you know, football or basketball or something is a fun game because it's played within a frame with set rules and then you can get really creative within that. Whereas if we opened it up to the whole world and it's like unrestricted, then it sort of becomes diluted. It's not as fun because it could be anything and that's too broad. So by setting a time frame or a medium or a what I love about your constraints is they have process constraints. You're not setting an outcome restraint. You're not setting a goal that you have to achieve. And the last thing that I heard that you're using this other strategy is putting it away before you judge your work, like physically separating with some time and space, the difference between creating mode and editing and reflecting mode. When you're able to put it away, whether it's for a night or a few days or whatever, we often do see it differently because it has separated us and our ability or or something from the process. We're able to just look at the work, which is the right kind of judgment. I talk about this sometimes. I think you've heard me (laughs) talk about this um, right and wrong kind of judgment. So judge the work. We want to be able to do that. We want to reflect on what we've done, what we like, what we want to keep, what we want to do more of, and also what didn't work as well for us, which is where play enables us to do that reflection in a much faster and stronger way than if we if every piece has to be perfect and frameworthy we rob ourselves of the learning and the reflection because we kind of can't make mistakes or if we do then we've like somehow failed the goal which is fine in the short term like it's great for that one piece but in the long term it's a lot harder to find your voice right like think about how much you've learned about yourself with this play as opposed to that more constrained approach of the watercolor experiment you did what are your thoughts on some of these tools that I'm highlighting it was really amazing because I was was feeling good and I didn't know how to verbalize it but when you said like the the steps that I was unconsciously doing it's also because sometimes I do things and I'm like I don't know why it worked I don't know why but then now that you've broken it down I can actually write it down as conscious steps and apply this again and again and again until it becomes almost like a creative habit because I think sometimes when you're in it you don't um, you don't see what's going on what worked why something worked but when you are telling me that I did a b and c I'm able to see it I'm able to appreciate why that's important and why it's relevant and so critical to the creative process of finding my own artistic voice. Then I will put this as like in my playbook of like methodologies, which I should kind of use when I, when I come up with something like this, because it's like a journey, right? Because I am definitely going to need these things and, you know, new ways of doing uh, things, new ways of approaching things. Like I'm, I'm definitely not there yet. And I, I'm definitely like on this path and it's super exciting, but I do think it's important to keep collecting these tools, keep collecting these ways of thinking or kind of ways of understanding yourself almost. The more internal work I do, the more better my external work <laughs> is. Yes. 
and it shows and it connects to people. And I think that, like you said, is it not frameworthy? I think that people are connecting with my work because it's more personal. It evokes some kind of emotion and people are relating to it. It's not just a painting of a sky. A sky is a sky, but it means something because of what I'm doing. So I, I do think it's 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 helping me for sure, and people are seeing it as well. So there's there's two benefits to that. Yeah, amazing. I've been thinking a lot about this lately, and it's almost what I commonly do with my one-on-one coaching clients is we work out strategies for navigating uncertainty. I tell it like this: we're always told this story of the journey and we think of this path, this like well-trodden path. And if I can just do the next steps and if I can look at that idol and that person I respect, and if I can do what they did, then I can get where I want to go. But actually with creative work, everything we do is completely new and completely ours. And so we're not following in someone else's path. We're blazing our own trail. I think of it as being off the edges of the map. Like back when people used to explore the world and they had like some stuff mapped out, but then they were like, let's go to see and off there and see what's over there. That's what we do creatively. So instead of using a map, we need some other more reliable and more responsive tools like compass, where we can triangulate off the mountains and see where we're at and sort of make our way forward. And if we hit a stream that isn't supposed to be there, we can navigate around it and stay on track. Or thinking about those sailors who used to explore and see far, they they developed new tools like navigating with the stars and measuring the knots with knots tied in a rope and all of those different things because the map didn't work for them. They needed some other way of knowing how that they were making progress. This is why I say this is not your like process and ABC steps. It's tools you could put in your playbook because we are constantly in this unknown, in this uncertain environment. We're constantly faced with new open-ended problems in that what that means is it's a problem that doesn't have a right answer to it. Like there's no right way. There's no frameworthy painting. (laughs) right? Or or a benchmark of this is frameworthy and I know because it ticks these boxes. Like there is no definition. There's no correct answer. So what we need is responsive tools to help us know when we've hit that mark or to help us know when we've gone too far because it's a bit of a calibrating process. And we need to be able to recognize the kind of problem we're facing and reach into our toolkit to address that problem. Like asking ourselves, am I bored and stuck here because I'm afraid because I don't know what lies on the other side, or am I feeling a bit stressed, or am I feeling uninspired and unmotivated? What tool is going to help me address this block? And I think of my coaching not not as somebody providing the right answer, but as somebody providing strategies or reflections on strategies you're currently using so that you have trust and faith to use them again and you can lean into the process rather than leaning into the outcome or the result. Absolutely. And, you know, Hannah, I love a good analogy and like, <laughs> you know, the compass and um, the, the stars and it, 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 it just completely resonates with me. And I think it's absolutely right because my tools may be different from someone else's. So it makes sense that I use what tools feel right to me because it's my journey and my process and my I mean it's not like a one shoe fits all situation at all and if these are some things that I naturally do it's good for me to understand the way that I work so that I can use these um, strategies whenever 
throughout life. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, because that's the other secret is that creative problems are life problems in disguise and business problems are life problems in disguise. And when we can learn strategies for approaching our art and blocks in our art, it helps us to apply those same strategies as you've noticed in our dealings with other people, in our building relationships, in our building trust in ourselves and our ability to learn things and to try new things and to make mistakes. Yeah. So I think this was really valuable. It's just bringing, like, it's not that you don't know what to do. You do know what to do and you're doing it kind of naturally and exploratively. And now this just gives you a different lens through which to see it or maybe builds a little more trust in those strategies you're already doing, which is the cool bit. Yeah, I think um, one is to define it. Um, second is to to understand that, hey, I am capable of making the own tools. So one is to define it. And second one is to have confidence that you yourself have it inside you and you are doing it already. And the third is, I think, by acknowledging that you yourself have it, you have faith that if it comes up again in the future, you'll be all right. Yes. Because you have like a strong foundation. So I think it's three levels. And I think in every level, um, it's equally important. And I think it just builds on a base, builds on, builds higher, builds higher. And then I feel like you'll get through any storm, even if you have like, you know, one of those days where you're like questioning yourself and your art and your purpose. I think uh, <laughs> if you have these, then I think it won't be, the journey won't be as arduous or as as um, as hard as you think it is. Exactly. What other strategies do you think have been helpful for you in navigating moments of uncertainty? I think this conversation is proving it's like, it's very internal, this whole dilemma. I think sometimes like when you're with, you know, social media and there's like a bombarding of information, you tend to kind of question yourself or question your ability or like you're comparing. And, but I, I feel like I've kind of gotten out of that whole headspace and it's been uh, a couple of months and I do see myself like I've moved forward. And I think one thing is that I've just looked at my own journey from like an outsider's perspective, tried to put myself outside myself just to kind of see how far I've come. And it's incredible. So I'm actually almost grateful for looking at people and getting inspired by people that made me have an Instagram page for my art. It's something that I would have never thought of doing. And, you know, open my Etsy store, like all these little acts of bravery and kind of um, not really faking it till you make it, but just kind of jump in and then figure out how to swim. And it's been one of these journeys where every single time I've taken a leap it's always turned out like I've learned something. But every time I just went for it, it's always been good. So if that proves anything to myself, it means that I should keep taking these steps forward. And I don't mean with like, you know, Instagram followers or like any of these kind of really arbitrary things that don't really matter. But I mean, in terms of my journey, in terms of how I feel on the inside, I feel more myself when I paint than I ever have in my life. And I think it has a lot to do with these kind of, you know, steps that I've taken and um, I'm understanding myself more. I'm, I'm okay to express who I am and I, I'm okay to show myself to the world without fear of 
will they like me? Like I live in the UK, but I, I'm from Singapore, but I'm Indian. Where's my audience? What Should I be saying something political? Like there are all these questions, but like as long as I keep going, I think it's it, it's, it's been so great for me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We need more people who are willing to be themselves and who are confident enough to be themselves, right? Some of the things that were coming up to me as you were talking was this idea of like at the time, everything seeming like such a big deal. And when we're just looking at this one thing at a time, we see the big mountain ahead of us and we think, oh my God, how am I going to scale that? And we start putting one foot in front of the other and sort of warming up to it and getting a bit more comfortable. And it's almost like running a race and your muscles warm up and you sort of, that's the pro-con list, right? You're getting internally ready for it. And then you kind of hit this point where you're like, oh yeah, I can keep going. And then you keep going and next minute you're looking down off the top of the mountain and you're like, whoa, <laughs> I did that. That's amazing. And I remember Julia Cameron talking about in The Artist's Way, it feels like you're moving at a snail pace, but from the outside, at when other people see you, you're moving at lightning speed. And we sort of don't get to link those two together until we've done something that we can reflect on and go, oh, right. In the moment, I was slowing everything down. I was learning so deliberately. And now I look back and I think, whoa, that that happened way quicker than I was expecting, actually. I'm sure you can relate to this when you think, oh, I'm going to do this and it's going to take me, I don't know, six months of practice before I get my first client. And then what what was your reality in that regard? It's really amazing because things you didn't even have in your goal list happen. You know what I mean? Because sometimes something so left field, like something so crazy would happen. And then I was like, wow, that's a bonus. I think it's also reflection, gratitude, journaling, like all these kind of small steps also get me forward. Because then you look at what I wrote last year. I'm like, What? this is what I wanted and I, I've got it. And I never paused to thank myself or thank the process. I just kept going forward. So now I'm like, no, I'm going to also thank myself, take some breaks, pat myself on the back. It sounds like counterintuitive, but I, I never thank myself as much as I should. And I am doing a lot of great work and a lot of stuff that I'm proud of. I mean, there are stuff that I'm not proud of in terms of work I'll never show anyone, but that's fine. It's still part of the process and uh, it still made me learn something. So um, I think uh, what I've also been doing is kind of just looking back at old notes and like, oh, wow, I did good. I did good. These are more tools, right? Gratitude lists, stopping to celebrate, reflecting on your work, thanking yourself, treating yourself like you would talk to a friend, like having some self-compassion in the process, all of that builds such dramatic resiliency and continues fostering this belief that I can do it, good things happen for me, I don't have to control it all, which is this, I'm seeing this reflected in your art, right? You're moving from I need to control it, I need to make sure I'm using specific skills, I need to have a particular frame-worthy output, to I don't need to control it all. My feelings are interesting. My curiosity is empowering. I'm allowed to experiment and explore. And that is also valuable. And I think more and more as you transition from doing play for you 
into having a lot more of your time on commissions, it's important to to tell yourself people commission me because of my play so that you still give yourself permission to play on their work too because eventually it will be tricky to keep time just for your play, although you may have a practice of that, but it won't, won't be the majority. And if you can make the majority of your work playful and explorative, it means that you're not going to be locked into one particular style or one particular expression or one particular voice. You're allowed to continue evolving just as you are internally. If we don't honour the process and learn to trust the process and we attach to the outcome, then we get locked into the outcome. It becomes a cell where we aren't allowed to experiment. We aren't allowed to play in the way we really desire to. And we don't give ourselves credit for how much we're going to grow in the meantime. Whereas practicing now and getting really clear on the process works for me, I have so many different tools that I can utilize. I'm allowed to make mistakes and calibrate and test the tools that are right for me at any one time. There is no such thing as the right outcome. I can continue to explore and all of my explorations are going to be marvellous and people are going to love them. That is going to enable your growth. And I love that you're, by thanking yourself and celebrating and being proud, you're sort of respectful of who you are at each phase in the process. One of my dear friends, Jennifer Jones, she's got a, a business around kindness and connection. And she said to me, Hannah, you can't judge past Hannah. Like it's so easy to look back and go, I can't believe how how naive I was. I can't believe that was all I wanted. I can't believe that's all I thought I was capable of. But I needed to be there in order to grow into who I am now. And there will be a time that now feels like I was playing so small. And when we can thank ourselves and have compassion, we start to see and trust the evolution and trust that we're enough now always that we're exactly in the right spot. We don't have to be there in order to be successful or to be happy that we, we're getting there. And when we get there, it'll be right for us. But right now is right for us also. Is that making sense? Absolutely. And um, I mean, even the way that you and me met, like so random, like on Instagram, I feel like like exactly like you said uh, before we started recording, it's like we like good energy attracts good energy. And I think that that's the way kind of forward because I was authentic, you were authentic, we we formed a real connection and I feel like we're friends and I've actually met you and I've never really met you, but it's been so great. And that's what I mean with like, you know, if you trust yourself, like you're open to so many more things and good things are attracted to you or like you attract good things by just being authentic or like not trying to be like someone else. Like you said, I'm super happy where I am and I'm super grateful and I'm not just looking ahead. I'm very present and I'm very aware, grateful, I think. That's amazing. Yes, I was thinking about how we met the other day and I haven't really, I guess because I run this creativity thing as a business, I worry about coming across as like pushy or salesy, which is not my style. I'm like, I'm just going to hang out in places that inspire me and people who are doing art that interest me. And you had put a question up about watercolor and digital drawings. And it just instantly sparked my curiosity. I could feel some tension or anxiety in your post or something. And I thought, okay, what can I do to give her um, some support and some value? So I went and followed your Instagram because 
that was what you had listed on the post. And I think I wrote a comment about maybe I just DM'd you straight away and was like, this made me really curious. And are you open for a chat about it? And I loved that conversation. Like I still think about it so much. I had my own intuitions about voice. And then I came across Finding Your Artistic Voice by Lisa Condon. I read her book and it made me think of you again. And I was like, we had this conversation about voice. I wonder if Aditi would be ready for another conversation. And I tend to do that. Like when I meet people that I care about, which is like all of my clients, I can't help but keep thinking about where you're at and what might be valuable for you and sharing things as I go along. Like, yeah, (laughs) I'm glad it's welcome. (laughs) It was super welcome because I think even that whole like anxiety of one or the other and I need to pick my voice I need to pick who I am but the thing is I am who I am and like you told me on the first call we had it's like it comes out through your medium it comes out through the colors you choose through what the strokes you do through your outlines through your work of so it's like don't worry and that's why I didn't worry about changing from watercolors to gouache on the last time I spoke to you it was another change like from digital to watercolors so I mean who knows maybe I'll try oils next like I'm not gonna say this is who I am which I think is the is the best part of being an artist it's like so fun because you can keep trying new things so Thanks, Hannah. That's okay. This is such a good conversation at Ethan. You know, I could talk to you for ages. I love our catch-ups. I love our, our sessions together. I've been blown away by the kind of people I meet as I'm, you know, building this business and trying to use my skills to support and help them in expressing themselves and achieving their ambition. And yeah, you're wonderful example of that progress that's valuable feedback for me too about how this comes across and how this helps so thank you is there anything else that you wanted to mention or talk about uh before we wrap up no I'm just super like I'm so glad that you're you and then you actually saw my post did you like bothered to dm me I, I am so grateful and I love, I love, love, love the the group mentoring session that you did about um, being the imposter syndrome. And I love like um, hearing others' perspective, your perspective. And I mean, I'm just also blown away by how open you are to sharing your kind of journey and your learnings and how we can apply those things. And um I'm so glad that you asked me to be part of your podcast. I'm super honored and I'm a big fan. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Of course, of course. Okay, well, where can we find you? How can we support you? How can we see your gouache projects and other experiments and things that you're running? So I'm on Instagram at at Adi Scribbles. So that's A-D-I and Scribbles. And I also have an Etsy store and I have lots of uh, cool stuff there. So you can find me there. Yes, I will include links and we should definitely check out Adi's stuff. Her work is beautiful and progressing all the time, which is such an inspiration to all of us at these early stages in our journey. Thank you so much, Aditi. This was really fun. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you for listening to the Creativity Reflections podcast. If you would like to invest in your creativity, magnify your voice and overcome some of those blocks that are keeping you stuck, check out my website, creativityreflector.com.